Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I booked a, I turned 40 this year, and uh, I booked a mountain lion hunt for my 40th birthday present for February in Arizona. There you go. And it's uh, a mule. You've got to ride mules up the mountain. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about it. <laughs> Sounds pretty. exciting. <laughs> bucket list hunts, and you only turn 40 once. But yeah. I'm going to try to go do it for the experience anyway. Yep. Well, I look forward to reading about it. Yeah. Hopefully, if I make it off the mountain, I'll be able to write a story on about it. <laughs> no matter what happens, you'll at least have a story. No, yeah, that's right. Even when I walk through the pearly gates and get back home, one of the You'll be all right. He's a younger guy, um, got his own guide service, and he's got great reviews. Everybody I've talked to the center with him absolutely loved it and awesome. he does a great job. Put, puts everybody on a, a line. He's got a really high success rate. So. Yeah. Now that's great. Well. Now, eventually I would like to, I'd like to make it out west and line hunt. And, you know, through the podcast, I've met some great people. And I'm like, yeah, you're ever out in this way, you know, let's go. Feel free to come yep. on, and it's just like still hard to get out there, even though, even with an open invitation. Yeah, it's just. I mean, you talked about it the other day with a young family. No, it's just hard to find time, even when you can get a trip. Yeah. You know, lined up for essentially free. It's it's still hard to find the time to go. Exactly. So, yeah, just try to do it when you can. Yep. Definitely. You That's what I told. Huh. Are you going by yourself? You got anybody going with you? Um. Well, my wife told me to start with that she wanted to go just to be a spectator. Yeah. And then I showed her the wall tent, <laughs> you know, the wall tents and cots and on the side of a mountain and mules. And she said, I love you, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's fine. And uh, one of my best friends is probably going to go with me just as a spectator. He doesn't care about killing one he just wants to go with me on the trip so yeah so i have a buddy with me anyway there you go that's awesome yep this should be a fun trip Mm -hmm. trying to get my fat butt in shape right now that's uh, you know i'll tell you what every time i go to the mountains i get my butt kicked and i'm just like that's what i said i'm like i need to get in better shape (laughs) yeah I'm a flatwoods boy down here in the swamps of Georgia. We don't even have a hill, so well, I'm not a flat, little bit of elevation but... is going to kill me. Yeah, I'm not flat, but I'm not like mountains, and uh, so I'm the same way. Like I can get around pretty good on flat ground. Yeah, you start going up, oof, that's a whole nother ball game, ain't it? Exactly. So that's right. It kicks my butt once we once we start move, going up. <laughs> yep, no doubt. And then, you know, the one thing that kind of worries me about going out west is, you know, being on the east coast and especially, uh, I'm sure where you're at is pretty similar to here. Our elevation's like 500 feet above sea level, you know. Yep. And now i got to go out west where we're a heck of a lot higher than 500 feet. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm not used to snow. I've seen snow twice in my life. Really? And neither time has it stuck. You know, we will have snow for maybe an hour or two. I mean, I guess so, it makes sense. I'm I just, just, yeah. Crazy to me. I, you know, I don't know. Oh, I'm a, that's going to be a shot, too, in the mountains of Arizona. And everywhere, every picture I've seen, he's posted, there's snow everywhere. So <laughs> that'll be another adventure for me, too. Yeah. Dress warm. <laughs> yeah, Bull, exactly. Who is your friend? Yeah, I've been looking at that in some good quality boots. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to invest some money in this stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's Because once you get cold, wet and cold, it's... It's no longer fun. No, it's miserable. Why don't you introduce yourself, Mark? Um, I'm Mark Booth. I'm from Lakeland, Georgia, a little small town in South Georgia. Um, and I own and publish Southern Hound Hunt Magazine. Yep. A quarterly magazine we do four times a year, dedicated to all things hunting dogs, whether it be running walkers, beagles, cur dogs, tree and fife. Um, anything you can think of that you can run a big game or small game animal with a dog, we cover it in the pages of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Now, I've I've gotten your magazine for a couple of years, and I've submitted some photos. And actually, uh, uh, I think it was the, the, the spring issue of last year had uh, my dog Rio on the cover. Yep, he was on the cover of the magazine. One of the best. We've been looking for a tree dog picture, a night tree dog picture, yeah. and it was one of the best ones we had had submitted yet and um we asked you about putting it on the cover of issue 15 and it's it got there dang you even know the issue <laughs> yeah i couldn't say that yeah it, uh you know it's kind of a one man one woman show with the magazine we do all the work so i've got a pretty good memory of all the work we've done with it <laughs> i would just think after a couple of years now that stuff would start running together but that's pretty impressive that you remember that Yep. So I, I, I remember the, the cover photos for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's dive into Southern Hound Hunting, and uh, I'd love to know where the story behind it. I mean, well, I actually know the story behind it because we we talked, you know, last uh, a couple weeks ago yep. about it. But I think it's an interesting story, and uh, I think it's pretty cool how you've put everything together and how far it's come. And uh, let's let's kind of go through that. So, yeah, like me and you talked about, um, I grew up dog hunting in South Georgia, mainly for deer. And I was sitting in the house one night where you normally sit to read a magazine that little bit of time. The throne room. And, uh, in the throne room. <laughs> and I had a copy of a, another outdoor publication sitting there reading it. And they actually had an article about uh, blood tracking with a deer, with a dog for wounded deer. And I'd read a few other hound hunting publications as I was growing up, but I thought to myself, you know, I've never seen one that has really great stories dedicated to all types of dog hunting, especially deer hunting, because that was my passion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while sitting there, I said, man, I should start a dog hunting magazine. So when I get done, I go to the other side of the house where my wife's doing something, thinking, oh, she's going to bring me back down to earth and set my fences right and say, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. So I laid out my idea, and she's like, that actually sounds really cool. 
she said, you've always been passionate about it. She said, you should look into it. So I thought, well, darn, maybe I should actually look into it. Mm-hmm. So I contacted a, a local high school sports publication that puts out a magazine in the town over from me and uh, had a meeting with the owner of that. And he walked me through the stages of magazine publication, what I needed to do, um, and taught me the magazine business over a couple hours, the ins and outs of it, sort of basic information. Yeah. So I took what he gave me and I ran with it. I went and met with some potential advertisers because I knew I would need advertising to help support the publication to start with. Yeah. And luckily had some local uh, doctors and surgeons that I work with at the hospital, some local feed and seed. And just friends that wanted to see something like this that just told me they would run ads with me and help support it to start with. So when I met with Mark in February about starting a magazine, I told him my goal was put out my first magazine in September. Hang on one so second. Bye. Before, yep. before we go on, just to, out of curiosity, like, and not nitty gritty details, but what all is involved in that goes into a magazine? Like the whole, the, the process. I mean, like I said, I don't, not the, every detail, but just give people an idea of how much work you actually do and how much you had to do to get this thing off the ground. Oh yeah. So obviously we had to come up with a name since we're brand new, come up with a logo. Um, and that was our first step. And we went through names for two or three weeks scratching this one off, coming up with something new, and finally came up with Southern Hound Honey because, honestly, we thought we would stay within the Carolinas, South Georgia, and North Florida. So, you know, Southern seemed appropriate for it, and Hound Hunting, obviously. Yeah. So, so once we got that and came up with the original logo that we had, then it was time to try to come up with ideas. What are we going to put in this magazine? What kind of content are we looking for? So I partnered with a couple of hound hunting associations, the one in Virginia, the Georgia Hunting and Fishing Federation here in Georgia, and um, got a couple of lobbyists on board that fight for our dog hunting rights, and they provided stories for my very first issue um, about some political things going on in both states. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was getting pictures. So obviously, as hunters, everybody's happy to share a picture of their hunting trophies, their misses, their kids. So we just started up on social media, you know, saying, hey, post your pictures if you want to be in a hunting magazine. So I think our first issue, we had over 800 pictures submitted. So my wife and I had to go through all these pictures, just me and her, and pick out about 75, I think, is what we put in our first issue for our okay. brag pages. Yeah. And then we had to go back and contact these people individually, like, hey, we need a caption. Can you give us a state, a hunting club? You know, what season this was? Because as we're just getting going, people were posting some two or three year old pictures for us. Yeah. And then it was what kind of stories are people looking for? What, what kind of content are they going to like the best so we did a lot of polls did a lot of questions 
reached out to obviously all of my local friends that I grew up hunting with. And I'm like, we just want to hear stories by hunters for hunters. You know, get get your buddy Jared to write his favorite deer hunting story. Get your buddy Daryl to tell us a great hog hunting story. So that's what we did for our first couple of issues. We just went locally and on Facebook as we were growing and had hunters send in their stories. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a writer, never have professed to be. so luckily my wife has an english minor and is great with words grammar and can do it all so all these stories that we're getting are written by people just like us who you know might miss a comma might miss a period might misspell the who knows well i'm going to give everyone a pro tip if you want to be a writer and you want to submit something anywhere grammarly is free and it's your best friend (laughs) <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> At least run it through Grammarly before you send it somewhere. It'll help you out. It saves my yep. butt all the time. Absolutely. And I I run it through Danielle, and she's so far through almost five years of the publication, ever article that has been submitted, story article, unless it's by one of our professional writers that submits for us at times, she's edited every single article. Mm-hmm. She goes through each one, fixes them all up. So once we got the idea of the content, got our stories in line, we'd already, like I said earlier, had already lined up enough advertisers to put the magazine together as far as paying for it. Yeah. So we got that. And uh, Mark Dykes, the guy who I mentioned that helped me with the information, told me that their design team would help me put it in magazine form because there's a lot of software and a lot of work that I don't know how to do on a computer to turn it into a high quality publication. Okay. So when we get all the content together, we get our advertisements, we get our stories, our pictures, everything that we want in, we send it to them and they put it in what you see in the pages of Southern Hound Honey. Mm-hmm. And then we use a, a printer out of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we submit the final product to them, tell them how many copies we need, and from there, they ship me bulk boxes that I carry to the stores that carry it, and obviously the ship-out orders from the house, and then they ship our subscription straight from the printer there. Okay. So it was. It doesn't sound like a ton, but when you're going through all of this information and through hundreds of emails and and now thousands of pictures yep. and trying to pick the best quality pictures that'll show up on print pages because everything, you know, you can make something look good on social media or the internet, mm-hmm. you know, with digital editing, but it sometimes doesn't carry over to print. So you've got to pick high quality images yep. to show up on a printed page. So, and it's definitely like I've always said about this, it's a labor of love. Yeah. Uh, and still to this day, we've, printed 19 issues my hound hunting kids section is the best section in the whole magazine i always enjoy it that was one of the stipulations when we started this was we're going to have a section dedicated to kids Mm -hmm. since we had a daughter of her own who at the time was sick so she wasn't hunting a lot but she was going all the time she wasn't actually hunting yeah 
But I was like, I want her to grow up in this like I did, and we want to promote it to other kids and promote the kids that are doing it. So, you know, you've seen the brag pages. We'll have 25 to 30 pictures every issue of kids doing something in the hound hunting sport, whether it be fox hunting and trials or rabbit hunting, deer hunting, bear hunting, whatever it may be. Um, And then we feature a kid in every issue. I've still some of my favorite stories are kids who get their parents' phones with their permission and call me and say, hey, this is so-and-so. I just killed this big bear this year. Can I tell you my story for the magazine? Absolutely. That's pretty And they've got, they're like, Eight, ten years old, maybe. I, I think my youngest has been seven. That's called me. And they talk to you just like a seasoned hunter. Mm-hmm. They tell you the stand names that they were on, the dogs named, who was there. And, you know, I'm sure they've added in a couple of little lies, just <laughs> like we all do on a good hunting story. Yeah. What's well, a hunting it, story without stretching the truth a little bit? Absolutely. It takes all the fun out of it. Um, and I absolutely loved every story that we've received like that and, you know, turn, putting it in their own words and publish, publishing it with their pictures in there yeah. and then getting messages from them and their parents when they get their copies. Like, oh my God, you should have seen their eyes when they saw the magazine come in today. And that's one of the best things about it. Yep. No, I um, can imagine, you know, I've got young kids and I know Charlie, my, my oldest, my youngest, he's only two, so he doesn't really quite understand it a lot of time at this point. But Charlie, he's pretty excited. I've, you know, I write an article for Full Cry every month, and it's it's basically just a recap of of this podcast and uh, kind of and also my own hunting and stuff. So, and yeah. I've submitted some photos of him hunting with me, and he always loves seeing those, you know, in print, and and even I. And actually what made me start writing was I was talking to uh, Amy Thomas, who uh, writes an article for, well, she writes multiple articles for Full Cry, and I sent her an email, I don't know, probably 12 or 13 years ago with one of the first dogs I ever had, and, you know, all she did was mention that she got my email and submitted the picture that I had sent her of my of my dog, and just as a young, I mean, I was 18, but just getting started into all this and you know it still got me excited to see see the picture of my dog in a magazine so oh yeah i know it, and it, it i think that excites a lot of people yeah it's uh, you know it's a nice memory to have to have a copy to look back on and some might be your favorite dog or your favorite memory hunting with dogs just to see it in a publication of any kind yeah. And know a pile of other people have seen it as well and kind of you're bragging right. Mm-hmm. No, and I know uh, I, I uh my parents when that photo was on the cover last year. My parents don't Oh lie. yeah. And they're like they were very impressed, you know, that that picture was there. They're like, Well, I want a copy of it and I'm like I was actually almost dumbfounded. I'm like, Why? And it's like it's just kinda of funny, but they're like because that's your dog on the front of it and they were just real proud that my, my dog and my photo of my dog made it on the cover. Yeah, and we we've had the same thing. We've had a lot of family members who don't hunt um, say, "Hey, I need to order a copy of this issue. My son or grandson or granddaughter or somebody's in the magazine. I just want it to have a copy of it." Yep. 
everybody wants to see their family member in the magazine. Yep. Well, you really enjoy that part of it. Mm-hmm. But, now, you know, go ahead. Over the last, you said five years now, now that it's, um, that you've been publishing this, how has the magazine, what's been your biggest change that's happened over the, that five years? Um, probably my publication reach. Like I stated earlier, I thought we would cover the Carolinas, Georgia, and Florida. Never in my wildest dreams would I have ever imagined we'd be shipping magazines to almost 40 states now. Wow. And three, and three countries. Um, it's yeah and for something that kind of started off as just a small you know local publication and just through social media and good friends sharing it um we're all the way out in california oregon uh, washington and even up surprise me new york rhode island and everywhere in between mm-hmm. so there's dog hunters across the country and as Growing up in a kind of small, secluded South Georgia area with our two or three different types of hunting with dogs, bears, and hogs, and deer, it's expanded my knowledge of the dog hunting sport immensely. Um, I've learned so much from putting this together every, every quarter and just the far reach that dog hunting has across the country. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, same kind of thing for me with the podcast. I've talked to people, but one of my favorite guests was one of my early ones, Blaine Jackson, and he's, he hunts in Southern California. And oh. I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, you run hounds in Southern California? He goes, he goes, yeah, once you get out of the city, he goes, we're just a bunch of rednecks out here. Yep. And I just laughed. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that, that was the same thing. I've got, I've had several people submit pictures from California and I was dumbfounded to start with. I'm like, really? These came from all the way from California and it was hog hunting, uh, sight hounds with hares and rabbits. Yeah. Um, and I love to see it. And, you know, far up north is uh, Rhode Island, North Carolina, it's just coon hunters and small game hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doesn't matter the game they chase. It's just impressive to see the sport carried on that way all in all these places. Now, I'm just curious, where what international countries are you shipping to? So we're shipping to Canada, Mexico, and in the past I've had subscribers in Ireland and Australia, and I've sent some to South Africa. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we uh, actually had a professional hunter um, do a story on a leopard hunt force with hounds in South Africa. So we sent a few magazines down there to a few people. That was so far our farthest ranging story as of yet, but that was that was pretty impressive. I will tell you that is that is my ultimate bucket list hunt, and I will probably never do it because I will never be rich enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. And he he quoted me some stuff on a green hunt, you know, where you dart them and because you could do it cheaper, but. I'm like you, I have to win the lottery to bed before to do something like that. Exactly. But we can always dream. Yep. Now, I just but, think, that, you, know, you know, and I, and from what I've heard of the, uh, the leopard hunts, like they're just much more intense than anything else. Cause those leopards are very aggressive. 
and mm-hmm. you just kind of gotta be on your toes and I don't know, just that adrenaline, that excitement. Oh yeah, definitely a dangerous game hunt. That yeah. you can't bat your eyes very long over there; liable yeah. to jump out at you. From what I've heard, yep. Maybe one day. Exactly. Well, you know, speaking of winning the lottery and also having a magazine, you know, most people would think that a guy that runs deer dogs in South Georgia that started a hound hunting magazine would be like a blue collar worker, regular job, but you're not, you are highly educated, daggum anesthesiologist. I'm an anesthetist. Yep. And, um, Got a lot of school under my belt and uh, take care of people at the hospital all day long um, and enjoy it. been doing anesthesia for 15 years now, but my roots hadn't changed from day one. I was riding in a truck with my dad when I was one year old running dogs and that hadn't changed one bit. You know, Uh, I meet a lot of people. In, in the hospital and as I was doing my training that were shocked that essentially a redneck kid was smart enough to be able to do anesthesia. Yeah. Um, well, when they heard some of my hunting stories and stuff, they, they couldn't put one and one together. But, uh, I'm not surprised because I'm redneck smart, but it's just not the typical path that most redneck kids take. <laughs> no, it's not. And especially from a, a small town, it was uh, definitely a little bit different, but I was always inspired with great parents and um, did well in school and knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. And one thing led to another, and here I am doing anesthesia and and still running dogs. That's awesome. Like I said, yep. it, it just when you told me that, that just blew me off my feet. I'm like, really? Like, it just wasn't what I expected. Yeah, not That's a it. lot of people do. And you think you're a dog hunter, you're, you're from rural South, you know, South Georgia. I would, would expect more a vet than a actual going into the human medical field. So. Yeah, it was almost vet school. Okay. I changed, changed my mind my sophomore year of college and I'd gotten a job at the hospital um, and kind of fell in love with the the human medicine part mm-hmm. changed from pre-vet to pre-med. So okay. I was almost on the vet route. Okay. Yeah. See like now, and that would have been more of my thought process where we're, you know, cause I know a few bear hunters I, that are vets and or coon hunters and man, I, it would be so much cheaper if I'd have went to vet school cause <laughs> I could take care of my dogs a lot better now. Yep. And I could do my own vet column articles in the magazine instead of finding vets to do them for me. Uh, yeah, I give a buddy of mine a hard time. He married a vet, and I'm like, "You just married her because you need you wanted free vet care." That's right. <laughs> Not a bad decision. No, I'm telling you, smart all the time. I'm like, <laughs> well, when you got a big pack of hunting dogs, that makes a difference. And she hunts just as hard as him, and she's just as involved. It so it's not like she's not. But I just laugh. I'm like, well, that's the best of both worlds, then. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what we try to promote is the family experience because the three of us, my wife and daughter and I, we hunt together almost every Saturday. Um, if I don't have guests riding with me or friends, 
those two are with me and they have been for forever. And that that's probably to me, other than the camaraderie that you get to share with everybody you're hunting with and is just a family experience of running dogs. Because mm-hmm. you can share it with each other while it's going on. You don't have to sit there and be quiet, be still. Yep. You can talk, get excited, and you know have a blast doing it. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, you know, I've been fortunate to take my my son Charlie with me quite a few times. I mean, he goes probably two or three times a year with me right now. He's only six, and so it's kind of hard because I don't want to. I don't want to make it not fun. So, like, we we cater where we go, and we go to we go to the pretty much one farm that's got a lot of four-wheeler trails so that way it's easy to get around and we we're not it's not we're not going to be super far from the, the truck so it's a nice oh, yeah. easy gotta, drop to, to well, make sure we you, keep it fun oh yeah you don't want to wear them out and turn it into more work than it is play exactly so we're, we're slowly building and every year he wants to go a little more and so we'll, as time goes on we'll We'll venture out a little more, but just trying to keep it fun for him and keep him excited. And I just love when he goes along, and because it just—it's a different—it's a difference. There's a big difference. Like his excitement is more exciting to me than my dog's treeing a coon. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. While I like seeing my dog's tree coons, I like seeing him get excited over his dog treeing a coon. Oh yeah. Yep, and and the names you get letting your kids name your dogs. That's fun. <laughs> I've not been that adventurous yet. <laughs> well, when you get a sparkle bubble like I've got, let me know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something special about watching your kids enjoy it and knowing their dogs doing something special and the excitement on their face that, that does your heart good. Yes, it does. Now you mentioned in your sparkle bubble, not even a hunting dog, but uh, somebody I worked with years ago. I remember they got a dog, and they let their their kids name it. And I think the youngest they were going to name the dog Sparkle, but the problem is they ended up getting a male dog, so then it couldn't oh, be Sparkle. So their youngest changed the name to Farkle, <laughs> <laughs> and that is literally what they named their dog. And I just died when I heard it. I'm like. You named your dog what? I'm like, you couldn't have, I don't know, convinced her that maybe something a little better? Yeah. Well, we tried to commit trimming. Please let's name that dog something other than Sparkle Bubbles. <laughs> She's like, no, Daddy, that's her name. So we call her Sparkle for short, thank goodness. There you go. But still, to her, that's still that dog's name. <laughs> and it turned out she's the best dog in my pack. There you go. That's the best part. Yep. What's your squirrel dog's name? Uh, her name is Winter. Okay. We bought, Remy wanted an inside dog, but she wanted something she could hunt with, so we decided on a tree and fast for a squirrel dog. Mm-hmm. And that was her Christmas present. And because it was winter at the time, and her being six when we got her, She's like, Daddy, I want to name her Winter. And I knew there was something odd with it. 
I said, why do you want to name her that? She's like, well, it's winter when we got her, but when it's springtime, I'm going to call her spring. <laughs> and then summer, she wasn't thinking that the dog would learn one name and couldn't learn a new dog name every four or five months. Yeah. So she was going to change her name every season. And <laughs> we, we quickly told her that wasn't going to happen. So she stuck with winter anyway. That's so, but hey, winter, winter's a squirrel dog. And she's a jam up little dog too. Good. We have enjoyed hunting with her. So I know you're, you're mainly a deer dogger. That's like your your main your first love and big main passion that you you do. Um, what you do, and obviously you got the squirrel dog. But do you do any other hound hunting? Yeah, we've uh, obviously got a bunch of hogs here in South Georgia, and I've got several friends that have packs of hog dogs. So during the summer and spring, we'll get with them and we'll go bait up, catch some hogs. Um, and we've also got a pretty good bear population down here in South Georgia. Okay. Uh, we only we only get twelve days of season, mm-hmm. um, and that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday for four straight weeks. That's all mm-hmm. we get. Um, but uh, we bear hunt pretty much all twelve days. I can't get off work for the entire season, but I try to go as much as I can with with different people. And I've managed to kill a couple bears with the dogs in South Georgia. Now, does somebody bring bear dogs from somewhere else, or do you just run your deer dogs? Or do you run hog um, I we've actually got some guys down here that have their own packs of bear dogs. Okay. Um, a couple guys at my hunting club have bear dogs, and we'll take them. And some of the other guys bring their hog dogs and um, put those with them. But we've actually had three or four packs at the time the last few years at our club when we hunt. So we've had a pretty good amount of bear dogs. Just surprising me that people keep bear dogs for just a such a short season that's all and a lot of guys um some of these guys they travel to north carolina virginia um so they do some traveling with them um and they a couple of them have gone out west to new mexico a couple times so uh, they're not just hunting them and feeding them all year long just for the 12 days here so they're they're putting in some more hours of, of hunting season with them but yeah, that's awesome. Noki Swamp is pretty close to us, and uh, it's renowned for its bear population. So there's there's a pile of bears down here. People tend not to believe it or don't even realize it most of the time. We yeah. do have a bunch. Interesting. I didn't realize you guys had a bunch. I mean, I knew they were there. I just didn't realize in any sort of large numbers. Yeah, you know, we have to check them in. Um, Obviously, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but we have a check station for the five counties in South Georgia that we can hunt. And the first one I killed, I killed on the last weekend. So when we went, he was like the 210th bear checked in. Okay. So that, you know, for, and at the time of the season was only nine days. So this was the ninth day of the season and over 200 bears. That's a pretty good number, mm-hmm. I, I think, anyway. But yeah, I, you know, like I said, I'm passionate about deer hunting, but anything involving a dog, um, we do. And I've actually, within the last year, I've gotten a couple of fox dogs as well. Um, one of my good buddies is big into the fox trials, and he gave me a couple good young dogs last year. Um, nice. So we 
go cover some fundraiser hunts for the magazine, uh, youth hunts. Mm-hmm. And my competitive nature just kicked me in. I couldn't stand <laughs> going to them and watching everybody else run dogs. And yeah. my daughter, especially on the youth hunt, she's like, Daddy, I want to enter a dog. So uh, my buddy Daryl gave us a couple. And we've been running those and turning them in at hunts. And they're doing pretty good for us. That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to have a whole bunch of dogs. One, I tell you, if couple, I if I had the everything. kennel room, <laughs> the kennel room, I'd have a dog for everything. Uh, I'm right there with you. Yep. Kennel room, well, then I'd have to win that lottery again because you know dog feeds so high. Yep, no lottery would make up for a lot of my time. <laughs> yep. So, where do you see like the future of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine? You know, I've had a lot of people ask me that. And my main goal when I started this was to promote the positive aspect of dog hunting. Mm-hmm. All you used to hear was all the negative aspects of dog hunting. Trespassers, dogs running on property they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. My main goal was to promote the positive aspect, to spread what good things dog hunters do. Yeah, And we want to use the platform of Southern hound hunting to hopefully keep this tradition alive. Mm-hmm. So if we keep covering these veteran hunts that multiple clubs have a year, these youth hunts, these scholarship programs, everything, cleanup programs, a lot of hunting clubs, people don't realize dog hunting clubs have cleanup programs. Yeah. They'll go clean up a national forest. So if we continue to promote these things that we're doing as dog hunters and start weeding out the bad apples and prove to the hunting population, hey, we're not as bad as y'all think we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep our sport around longer. Definitely. So as we grow and continue to add, you know, we we won't ever get to 50 states. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. But as we grow in numbers in the states that we do have, that's just spreading that image farther and farther along the lines. Mm -hmm. And if we inspire one kid an issue, some kid picks our magazine up at a feed store and it inspires them to go to their next door neighbor who has dogs and say, Hey, I want to go hunt with you. And that leads them to a lifetime of running hounds. It's worth it. So to spread to spread that positive image and to continue this tradition to our youth is where I see us going. Yep. Yeah, and then for the, the listeners, I've got issue seventeen sitting right here in front of me. Which is yep. when was that? That would have been the September issue last year. Okay. So we've got That would have been our fall issue. Yep. So we've got a little girl's hunt, deer hunt, and she has special needs. So you're talking about yep. that. Then you flip the page and you've got the 10th annual Georgia Youth Hunt. You flip the page, a couple pages down, you've got the world's largest dog hunting meeting about protecting dog hunting rights. You know, and there's plenty of other good, I don't want to say good stories, but like just, you know, just an, a, an enjoyable read. That, you know, no real... You're not promoting anything or, or anything like that. It's just purely entertaining stories of people's hunts. Yep. But right. in every issue, you've got stuff like that. 
promoting, like you said, the youth, special needs, veterans, organizations that are doing things right, and promoting this sport in a very positive way. And that's in every issue of your magazine. And and that's what we're striving for. Um, I want people to be able to read stories that's written by hunters just like me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be technical. It's not going to be pushing a product on them. Yeah. It's going to be something truly entertainment and then promoting those, those great events, those great hunts where you're bringing outsiders in, doing good things for them, giving back to the community and protecting the rights of dog hunters. Cause that currently that's our biggest battle Yeah, is fighting for our rights every year, no matter what state you're in. Mm-hmm. There's always an uphill battle for a dog hunter. Exactly. So, so if we can keep people up to date on what's going on in their state with their local dog hunting association or alliance and help drive up membership for those, if nothing else, mm-hmm. to help continue to support the fight, that's what we're going to do. Yep. And actually, you, you mentioned that. I'm going to kind of plug. Um, it's not even plug and double you. It's something, obviously, a lot of people that listen to this know that W Hunting Plus sponsors me and you can buy my shirts there but uh on their page they have a, a page that says join the fight you can literally go and join associations from all across the country and w doesn't make any money on that actually w loses money but they do it yep. to be able to make sure those especially a lot of these organizations that don't have a website don't have a way of taking online memberships so it's a way to help these clubs all across the country. I mean, I know I haven't looked at it recently, but at one point I know there was New Hampshire, California, Virginia, Idaho, Washington, Oregon. Um, I, I think there was a Tennessee organization. So it's like, and a lot of, and on that website, it's a lot of big game organizations. But just saying that that's a great place that if you're looking to just support somebody, you, you know, you got some extra money you want to, support some hound organizations that's one place um i definitely advocate for people joining their state organizations or or their local organizations that are supporting hound hunting and promoting it in a good way and trying to protect it so yeah and that's you know we didn't start this for our own publicity Mm -hmm. i could care less if anybody ever remembered my name when it came to dog hunting yeah but if we could do our part just like they're doing and helping other organizations, helping other groups mm-hmm. spread the news of what they need to do to save these traditions. Then that's all we care about. Yeah. And no, it, I agree. That's, that's always the biggest thing for me is being able to say, Hey, my grandkids are deer hunting with dogs today because we help protect the rights. Mm-hmm. And we reached out, I don't know how many state alliances and associations over the last few years, and some of them have done some stuff with us, and some of them are in the process of putting stories together that, hey, you know, free space, you type up a story, what's your association or alliance is doing, what you need help with, what's going on, and we'll print it in the magazine. There you go. There you go. If anybody's got a... You know, and in with a, a state association or something, and you want to yep. get the word out right there. Contact Mark. That's right. We 
we'll be more than happy to print anything they need to print about what they can, what people can do to help them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, actually, uh, just the last two weeks, I know a friend of mine, uh, he's trying to get some stuff going in the state of Pennsylvania. We were trying to organize a little better and uh, trying to unite some different sporting dog groups and owners. So we're definitely trying yeah. to work in here in, in our state. And, and that's what it takes is everyone working in your own state, trying to improve things where you're at. Cause you know, nope, nobody else can other than us hunters. Oh no. That's the best thing you can do is join a local organization like that. Yep. Cause one thing leads to another. Once you start a local and then you get state and, and then you're just getting bigger and bigger and doing nothing but good. Yep, exactly. But we definitely enjoy this sport, and it's a lifestyle for us. And mm-hmm. We enjoy hearing everybody else's different styles of hunting and stories, and I, it's a labor of love putting this, putting this magazine together every issue, and uh, we enjoy the heck out of it and look forward to what's coming next from everybody. Mm-hmm. I know I look forward to mine every every quarter. It's always got some good stories and, you know, like you said, the brag pages, they're just full of pictures that, and like you said, a lot of them are kids. A lot of them are first time hunters. A lot of them, you get to see a lot of different types of hunting that, you know, I, I live in the state of Pennsylvania. We don't have deer dogs here. Yeah. You know, fox dog, fox and coyote hunter dogs aren't a big thing. They're here, but not like they are down south don't have hogs here so you know you get to see those things that we don't see that i don't see every day you know and that's that's the best part about it because we've covered some mountain lion hunts we've covered a little bit of everything i think that's humanly possible to hunt with a dog and Mm -hmm. i've learned more from it myself for my own benefit yeah um and i think it's interesting to see something different like that and to be able to have it all in one magazine yep you know we always say it's the most comprehensive dog hunting magazine out there and a lot of people agree just because it does cover everything yeah you know because magazine wise there's probably coonhounds are probably the the biggest focus um between the multiple coonhound magazines then there's a couple beagle ones i would say that are probably right after that and then Full cry is pretty much all current vice for the most part anymore. At one point, it used to be a mix of stuff, but and then the hunter's horns, pretty much fox and coyotes. So that's pretty much all field trial stuff. So yeah. Were you actually? There's not a lot. Yeah, we okay. cover a little bit of all of it. Yeah, and you're covering actual hunts and a lot of hunt hunting photos and so. And, you know, kind of a little plug for a friend and supporter, Cora Parker, who owns Girls with Hounds. Yeah. Um, we partnered with her about mm-hmm. three years ago and have our Girls with Hounds column. And that's been an immensely popular um, column since we started it with her because mm-hmm. um, there's so many females involved in the sport now, Yep. Um, and it, which is great to see, especially as a father of a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a different. Uh, female hunter every issue that Cord puts together a story on and gets the pictures and 
um, it's great to see the girls out there enjoying the sport just as well as we do. Yep. Now, it's a great magazine, and it's just a very different perspective than you see a lot of other magazines. And that's one thing I like about it. Now, one question I do have about most people say Prince dead. What would you say to that? In a lot of aspects, it is. But when it comes to a hunter, especially a dog hunter, um, print is very much alive. Okay. Um, because I get tons of calls from people that won't order a subscription, won't order a magazine, whatever, and they're like, can you take an order over the phone because I don't know how to work a computer. I don't want to order over a computer. <laughs> don't trust it. Yeah, And that's perfectly fine because I'm not the most computer illiterate person there is out there. Yeah, And these, and the majority of our readers, I've had very few over the four and a half years we've been doing this ask for a digital copy. Okay. Everybody wants a physical magazine they can hold in their hand and see. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the readership that we're reaching out to print, is going to be the most popular. Yeah. Now, as far as newspapers and, you know, you can get your news 24 seven on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And people share their stories and hunts on social media as well, but people still like to be able to see it on paper. Well, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when I'm scrolling through social media, I'm not typically taking the time to read a long story. Nope. I will sit down and I will read a magazine and read an article. Yep. I mean, it's just different. I I don't know. There's something about holding it in your hand that makes you more involved with it. Yep. Makes you feel more attached. And I love, Although, and I will admit, I am a hoarder of magazines. So, like, if I get a <laughs> subscription to a magazine, like, I don't throw them away. I keep yep. every back issue, and it drives my wife insane. And I have oh, yeah. issues of Full Cry, of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, of other magazines. Of, I used to get Farm and Ranch Living Magazine when I was a kid. I still have all the back issues I, I got when I was like 15 years old. <laughs> so, wow. Like I said, I'm a yep. magazine hoarder because they have a lot of valuable information that you can always go back and reread and look at and at the same point just entertainment and especially as i've been looking to you know most people that listen to this know that i have leopard hounds and the history of the breed was well documented through articles and i have some because i have back issues of full cry from the 70s and 80s that were given to me and I love going through and I love to read them and I love to see those old ads and, you know, it's information that you can't find online. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got into the same kind of collection thing with old field and streams and outdoor life a couple of years ago, like every cover that had featured a hunting dog, a hound dog on it. Yeah. I was trying to find a copy to buy at antique stores online and just going back and looking at the ads back then because mm-hmm. That was the only way people could sell dogs. Yep. And looking at ads for these walker hounds and blue ticks and whatever it may be was just 
entertaining for hours for me. I love looking at that. Oh, I know what you mean. And I hope people will feel the same way about our magazine. You know, 10 years from now, we'll pull out some old copies and go through some stories and stuff. Enjoy that. Exactly. No, and actually a, a future guest, um, like I said, his, his dad was a frequent writer and of an article, and he said he has back issues of stuff that he likes to go through even now, 60 years later. You know, wow. His, dad, his dad's gone, and he's like, he's like, man, I'm going to have to go through some stuff, you know, and, you know, bring up some old memories and reminisce before we, we talk, because he's like, but he's like, I have old journals, I have old articles that he wrote, so he's like, I'm going to go through that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful memory mate to have. Mm-hmm. That's just like me when I started it. My dad and one of his best friends that I grew up hunting with, call him Uncle Herb. We had a column from them that was hunting with Wild Man and Uncle Herb. My yeah. daddy's TV handle was Wild Man. And it was alternate issues. they take turns telling some of their favorite stories and it you know, humorous, funny, sad. Mm-hmm. And my my dad passed away two years ago, but I can still look back on those columns he did and you know, relive some of his favorite hunting stories that he was able to get in a magazine before he got sick. So just having that to be able to look back on, I'll cherish forever. Yep. I definitely agree that our demographic of houndsmen, you know, some, some people, especially people that are pushing the outdoor industry, you know, more modern, you know, we tend to be a little behind is the common you know, trend and, and thought process. And well, we kind of like being a little behind. We like those old school ways. And I think it's, still, oh, yeah. it still shows in, in the fact that you started a hound hunting publication five years ago when most people would have t- said that print media is dead and it's not going to move forward. And you started yeah. a publication that was catering to a very small demographic of Southern houndsmen. And now you're shipping nationwide. Yep. It shocks me to this day. So. And loving every minute of it. Definitely. Well, if you don't have anything, I think that's pretty much all I've got. All right. I think that about winds it up for me, too, buddy. Where can people find Southern Hound Hunting Magazine? So you can log on to our website at southernhoundhunting.com. Um, there's a subscribe link right at the top of the homepage, or you can find it in the store link right there. Um, and like we said, it's a quarterly magazine, so you'll get four issues a year. I'd like to do more, but just don't have the time for it. But um, you can find it on our website anytime. And like we said, if you ever want to be in the magazine or have any content submitted, get with us on social media. Or email us at southernhoundhunting at gmail.com and we'd be more than happy to help you get something in the magazine. Awesome. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you and Tree Talking Media for all the support y'all have given us over the last few years. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>